Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney couple Katie and John Perez about their ceremony at Place de Remy in Epcot with a reception at Living Seas Salon and a dessert party at UK Lockside. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they chose these locations and what it was like being the first couple to have their ceremony at Place de Remy, and of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Katie and John. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. We're excited to be here. Very excited. (laughs) That's great. Thanks so much for being on the show today. So I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. I think I really planted the seed of a Disney wedding into our relationship. We started running Run Disney Races back when we first started dating in 2017. We did two races back-to-back, one in Florida and one in California, right before they canceled the Run Disney Races. And so Disney started playing a really big role in our relationship. And in 2020, when I knew we were probably going to get engaged, I actually found your podcast and I started listening to it on a regular basis planting the seed of let's get married in Disney. And then once we got engaged, we said, yeah, Disney's for us, probably. <laughs> yeah, we kind of watched like the Disney fairy tales uh, show on Disney Plus and like some on ABC or Freeform was also kind of like just watching that gave us kind of a insight into what actually Disney Winks look like, how they are ran and stuff like that. It was really appealing to us. And since Disney is such a big part of the relationship, I felt like a perfect place. And we kind of just like picked on it. She tried to offer some good other points like other places here in Houston or because we have family here in Houston, Florida and Michigan and Pennsylvania and California. So we want a place like a neutral site territory, I guess, like a destination waiting for everyone to come and join in. We figured like Disney was a perfect place for it. So that's what we chose. Yeah. That's awesome. So how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? I think that I planted the seed enough that no one was very surprised that we were going to have a Disney wedding when we actually told them. Most people were excited, though, to go to Disney and see a wedding that they wouldn't necessarily see on a normal basis. Yeah, I would say our family was like, okay, that makes sense for you guys. But like some of our Disney friends who are Disney, big, big Disney fans, they were super excited and super hyped about it. So they were very, it's like perfect, so magical, I'm so excited. So that was great, too. Yeah, <laughs> That's great to get that kind of reaction. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? Our initial invite list was about 60 people. There's maybe 10 people that we thought wouldn't come for various reasons, international and, you know, other reasons. And so we're expecting 40 to 50. And in the end, we had 31 guaranteed attendance by Disney. But a couple of days before the wedding, two people had a family emergency and two people got COVID. So we ended up with, what, 26, 27. Yeah, 27 people, yeah. And I actually ended up inviting some girls from the Diz Brides Facebook group to help make my numbers up because I knew Disney wasn't going to give me my money back. So <laughs> That's a great idea. 
Now, did you set up a room block for your guests? Yes, we did. We did three resorts on the Skyliner, all three of them. Well, basically all of them, except for the Riviera. We did Pop Century, All Stars, or sorry, not All Stars. What is it? Art of Animation. Art of Animation. And Caribbean Beach. Yes. We did that because we knew we were going to have our dessert party. And at that point, we hadn't scheduled our welcome party. We thought the easiest way to avoid transportation would be to have everyone in a hotel that was on the Skyliner so they could take the Skyliner transportation to the dessert party. And we could also be there to help them navigate to the dessert party for us. And we also want to give them like an option of like different budgets too. So like Pop Century, we always stay there as like as a couple, just me and Katie. We always go Pop Century because it's like you know very budget friendly and it's a great resort. We love it. So, and we thought like Art of Animation was a little, a little more higher end. I know like Katie's sister has been there, a couple, uh, has been there before and loves it as well. And we thought Caribbean Beach would be like a nice you know new option for us, and we figured it'd just be us at Caribbean Beach. But actually, like our whole family stayed in Caribbean Beach. Like it was kind of nice having like. Nice, like, five, six rooms with all our family in there. And we're all close together except for her parents who were a little, like, two buildings away. But it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. I think that being in the room block, I think a lot of people are always worried about the room guarantee. And what we did was we looked at it and said, how many rooms are our immediate family going to utilize? And we based our number off of that to make sure that we got to the 10 rooms we got the free night and then also just so we had everyone covered and then it really took off a lot more than we thought it would we had guaranteed 20 nights and we ended up booking like 34 or something like that so it was a little bit crazy but the fact that we were so close to everyone really helped and then my friends who booked at pop century they were all really close together too so that made them feel better because they could meet up and do things together That's great. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? Initially, we wanted to get married on April 1st. It's my parents' anniversary, and they have been married for 40-plus years, so we thought it was a good omen. However, Disney told us, well, April 1st is going to be a run Disney event, so you can't get married in Epcot on that day, and you probably can't do your Magic Kingdom photo shoot around that time either because of the run Disney event. So from there it went, okay, well the next weekend's Easter or like right before Easter and you can't do it. You know, the next weekend's Easter, you can't get married in Epcot on that weekend. And it gradually got to the first week of May and we kind of chose a bunch of dates and said, whatever date works out, we'll take it. Somehow we forgot that we had said the second of May to the salesperson. And we kept thinking we would get married on, Cinco de Mayo and uh, at some point Disney emailed us back and said oh yeah we've reserved the 2nd of May for you at these locations and then I tried to see if we could get the 5th of May but apparently that's a very big Star Wars day for people so just FYI to anyone who ever wants to get married on Cinco de Mayo. Because like it's like May the 4th and also like the day afterwards I guess Revenge of the 5th or Revenge of the 6th or something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Must be I had no idea at that point. I just want to get married on Cinco de Mayo because you know we're from Texas. Well, I'm from Tech, born and raised in Texas. She's a Texas transplant. So Cinco de Mayo is a very big holiday here. So I thought it'd be great. But, you know, we, we I love our date, 5-2-22. So it all worked out for me, for us. <laughs> now, how did you choose the ceremony and reception venues? Well, 
before I bought your book, which was not the right way to do this, I just looked at the price list that Disney gave me. I knew we wanted to get married in Epcot. Because of the cost to have a ceremony in Epcot, we decided we would try and save money on the venue fee for the reception. So I started looking at the least expensive reception venues, and we kind of fell into the living seas. We thought it was a really good way to allow for entertainment, kind of a built-in entertainment area, because it's the aquarium. They have those big windows that people can watch all the scuba divers and fish and everything in we didn't want anyone to be bored and entertainment was really important to us so we wanted to make sure that they had something that they could do if they didn't want to dance or my sister has three children and i wanted to make sure they were also occupied and when it comes to like the ceremony venue we actually chose the uk pavilion first because you know we our original plan was like we love paris the city we've been there a couple times together and we want to get married in front of like the alpha tower but that's not really an option at the time we were planning this, like, what was it, like, February 2021 or so? wasn't an option or anything like that. So we actually went to Epcot that weekend after our first, like, sales call. We, like, walked around the pavilions and stuff. Like, we found, like, a nice spot. We chose the UK pavilion. We thought, you know, it just looks very pretty. A lot of great floral there, great architecture. So it was a good, like, second choice. And we're with the UK pavilion. We're, you know, dead set on that until, you know... Valentine's Day of this year, Disney Weddings Instagram popped up and it was like, oh, hey, we have a new pavilion now, the Plaza de Remy. I was like, okay, well, let's email our planner and switch it over to France Pavilion. And she was like, okay, let's do it. And then we just switched from there. And that's our story. We got our ceremony. Yeah, we actually were there for our tasting. And so we didn't even have to email her. We saw her the next day and we were like, can we get Plaza de Remy, please? Can we go? <laughs> get married in France and she was very much down with it she was really happy to make the accommodation for us because when we were talking to her and I know that a lot of people who have gotten married at different points used to be able to go to multiple pavilions before the ceremony started and I had asked specifically if we could have our first look in the France pavilion and our planner was like oh I don't know if we could do that we can try and get your photographer to get like a nice angle so it kind of looks like you're in France but we're not really sure if you can do that and once they introduced the new location she was like yeah and you can have your first look in France and you know you get everything that you want from this situation so it really worked out for us that's great and since you were the first people to use it for a ceremony are there any things about that venue that people should know any gotchas or restrictions or anything well, three days before our wedding, they changed the start time of our wedding from 7.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. because Epcot kept changing their time frame. So I think you need to go into it being flexible because there's possible that there's going to be a last-minute change. And then I don't think you need a lot of floral or even decor because the setup is right in front of the fountain that they have right in front of the Ratatouille ride. You just have to be aware if you're maybe a shy person or you don't want as much attention. As soon as our ceremony was over, they had a whole line of people waiting to get into the Ratatouille ride. So it was really nice because we got a lot of cheers and clapping and congratulations. It was a great experience. But if you are uncomfortable with that, you probably wouldn't like that as much. It was very magical for us. I really enjoyed that part. <laughs> 
I kind of just felt like we're walking to our pre-reception area, and I just felt like, you know, oh my gosh, I feel like a prince and princess right now. It just feels great. Yeah. Felt like all the attention was us, and it was like selfish to talk about, but it's like it's our wedding day, so like it's allowable for that one occasion, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now, being in the park, there are of course restrictions on using outside vendors. Were you able to use outside vendors for any of the allowed portions of your event? Yes. So we used the roots for photography. So thank you for that recommendation. We love their photos already. And we used Trinity Wedding Cinema as a videographer. We used David. He helped us because we booked it about two or three weeks right before the wedding. We kept going back and forth on videographers. And then we used Raining Roses for personal floral. They also kind (laughs) of did not do a great job because they didn't remember the corsages that we ordered the boutonnieres the boutonnieres they forgot the boutonnieres they brought the corsages not the boutonnieres but uh disney was very accommodating katie texted the day of coordinator and the planner and disney you know pulled some disney magic and got the boutonnieres done like maybe 30 minutes 45 minutes so we were ready to go before the ceremony even started for the first look even so it was really great before the first look i'm not sure actually probably not i think it was like a little bit after the first look i guess it was definitely before the ceremony, but they definitely came, Disney definitely came through out of the woodwork with that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I was, like, really surprised. I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, great. Little, little magic moments they had for us. Yeah. One of many, I guess. Yeah. Now, how did you choose your officiant? Your podcast? <laughs> um, I listened to Catherine Tiamundi on your podcast, and I really liked the way that she was speaking and I liked what she was talking about and I liked the idea that we were going to have a non-religious ceremony but a ceremony that my parents would be happy with my parents are religious people my father's direct quote to me was the ceremony has to be on the up and up with God so I thought Catherine really fit the bill and he actually really loved Catherine as well and because we were getting married in the UK pavilion initially (laughs) we thought it was really cool to have like a UK person with an accent doing our ceremony we were staring really hard into the uk the british yeah originally our plan was to have well, one of her friends from college be our officiant but that kind of was like you know shot down by her parents so she just mentioned like you know Catherine and mundy and i thought she was great we had our first interview with her and she was very very kind of took us by the hand the whole time you know guys through it was very easy very easy going because you're kind of nervous like the day before for our rehearsal and we're kind of like what do we do? And she was very, very, she walked through the whole thing. And during this actual ceremony, she was very, very sweet and very nice. Yeah. She made us a little card that has like a ratatouille recipe. She um, gave us like a certificate for our dog that says that her, their, her pup parents or paw parents are married. And she had cute little touches that made it really special. That's great. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to the ceremony or reception? We did. We had Mickey and Minnie. We were really excited that Mickey and Minnie could come and interact with us. It was something that really stressed us out over the course of most of 2021 because we knew that was something that we really wanted when we were going to get married at Disney. And we made that decision. And then something that we kept going back and forth on was a caricature artist. John kind of said, oh, you know, is it really worth it? And I kept saying, you know, it's one of those things that people love but they never pay for and I think it was probably one of the most successful things that we had you know everyone did it for the most part I think only one person missed out 
and everyone got their own little picture. We got our picture. It was really nice. Yeah, it was definitely a nice little touch that Katie was very insistent upon that we do a caricature on us. I was kind of hesitant on it, but I mean, end result, everyone loved it. You know, we loved it. It was really a great little favor. We forgot the most important part, though, is Major Domo, who brought our rings down. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. How did you decide to add him? Well, Carrie, I listened to your podcast one day and someone was talking about how they had Major Domo. And I thought... (laughs) It sounded like it would be really a cool idea. And I think I texted John and I said, John, we should listen to this together. I think it'd be a good idea. And he really liked it. My nephew was our ring bearer, but he is seven. And we we weren't going to give him the rings because he's seven. <laughs> and so we were going to give the rings to someone else anyway. And having that was a good like banter and joke. And we got to joke about who brought the rings, where were they, And then, you know, Major Domo showed up and brought them in for us. He was also at the uh, tasting we had, and then that kind of sealed the deal. He was, like, in character, and I was like, okay, this is perfect. He's awesome. I love him. We have to have him for the ceremony and reception. So it was done deal by then. Yeah, the one thing I was surprised about that I didn't realize was that he was going to use the ring holder that we had bought to bring us the rings, which we had a book that's on Amazon that is like a Beauty and the Beast book. like Tale as old as time. That's uh, what it's called. Yeah, it's a little book. You just, uh, open a page and it has like little two little ring holes for the rings. And it's kind of like, it's a cute little thing. But he brought that. And I didn't realize he was going to bring that until he was walking down the aisle. And I was thinking, where does he have the rings in? <laughs> and then I, he opened it up and I was like, oh, that's, I remember that. Because he had his pillow with the book on the pillow. And I was like, really cute and like very Disney-esque. <laughs> that's great. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend? So we had a mashed potato bar, the martini bar, sorry, that's what it's called. But this was an idea that we got from the tasting. Instead of doing risotto, we actually had French fries because we kind of wanted a poutine feel to it. So the French fries and gravy, they didn't give us cheese curds, but they had... Shredded cheese. Shredded cheese. And it felt like poutine for the most part. So we really liked that. We also had the braised short ribs from the tasting, which was really good. And I love a good omelet station all the time. So we had that. And Mickey waffles, which is like standard. And we had cheeseburger egg rolls as well. And then we actually like love Sleepy Hollow and Magic Kingdom, like the chicken and waffle sandwich. So we had the Mickey waffles as well as some uh, chicken tenders kind of we try and make our own like deconstructed sort of you know chicken and waffles sandwich or chicken and waffles dish so that was also a thing we had as well yeah and then for cake we had almond cake and amaretto crunch on one layer and then we had peanut butter and cookies and cream cookies and cream on the second layer and then we had a sheet cake in the back that was marble and raspberry and they were all really good oh that's great to hear Can you tell my listeners a little bit about the dessert party and the welcome party you added? The welcome party we did in, it was supposed to be in Tamu Tamu. On the day of the welcome party, it started raining. And our day of coordinator called us like right as we were about to leave and told us that we had to go to our backup location. And so we were in Harambe Market. I think this is where Disney kind of started with the magic a little bit because we had a ceremony like 
I was very specific when I was going through the BEO with the, our planner about making sure I had tea and water and coffee. I really didn't want to pay for people to have soda. I didn't really want to pay for people to have alcohol unless it was their reception. So because of the rain, we couldn't get into Animal Kingdom because everyone had to shelter in place. All the, the cast members couldn't, like, do anything. It was flooding. It was lightning, thunder. It was terrible. And so our welcome party started probably 45 minutes late and they were going to limit how long we could be there anyway. So they'd only let us go until our contracted end time, which was eight 30. So one of the little Disney magic things that they did was they gave us soda and they put it out for us. And everyone was like really enjoying having their like Coke and diet Coke and Sprite. And I, it was actually one of the first things I noticed. Cause I walked up to the day of coordinator. I was like, I, I definitely did put soda on my BEO, right? She's like, no, don't worry. It's, it's our Disney magic. Sorry, we started late. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I love a good Diet Coke. <laughs> and then after our welcome party, we had two ride mix-ins. We had a ride mix-in at... Uh, Navi River Journey. Navi River Journey. And then one at Flight of Passage. We did that because we couldn't agree on which one was better for the family. <laughs> <laughs> So it allowed everyone to kind of get on a ride and do something. And then anyone who couldn't really handle Flight of Passage was able to not go on Flight of Passage. During Flight of Passage, though, I do have to say the ride broke down. And we were mm-hmm. stuck in that room for 20 minutes watching, like, dancing around and doing the, the pre-show stuff that they make you do. <laughs> it was not great timing, though, in the end to do the welcome party. We did it the Sunday before our wedding on Monday. In the end, it wasn't necessarily great timing because we didn't have a lot of time to sleep at the end of it. And we had maybe two or three hours before we had to get up and start hair and makeup. And then after the wedding on Monday, we had our dessert party and we did UK Lockside for our dessert party. And in our dessert party, we made it very minimum and very basic. We did Mickey beignets. We did the smash cakes. It's like the from the tastings it's a dome of chocolate and then they have cake in the middle they, they smash it and they pour liquid, liquid nitrogen all over it. it gives a very cool effect and like it freezes the top the top layer of the chocolate and you smash it with a hammer and have some cake and it's a little little action station you can do it's very fun for the kids and everyone everyone enjoyed it we loved yeah. it and it also gave us another opportunity for a different cake flavor john didn't like the amaretto crunch but he liked the amaretto frosting filling so we had the almond cake and amaretto filling for him in the dome because he could have whatever we could, we could switch it out and then novelty ice creams. So everyone got to eat ice cream too. I think that was more than enough food. I think everyone really enjoyed it and watched the fireworks and our welcome party. We had the build your own nacho bar, mm-hmm. Mickey oh. macaroons and zebra domes, which the zebra domes were as amazing as everyone says. But if, there's a lot of humidity, and your welcome party is delayed by 45 minutes. They didn't taste as good. Mm. Interesting. And then at the dessert party in Epcot, did you add a ride mix into that one? We weren't able to because of the extended Epcot hours. We kept pushing for one, but they kept saying no to it. But luckily, we were able to have a ride mix in after our ceremony. That was another touch of Disney magic that our planner was able to get us. We were announced husband and wife. We walked down the aisle. She pulled us into the creperie in France and said, we're going to go do your staged exit right now. 
we're going to have you take a couple photos and then we're going to go on Remy. And we're like, are you serious right now? And she was like, yeah, we're going to go. So our planner and Gen Z from The Roots and David from Trinity Wedding Cinema got in the ride with us. They like all pushed my dress in as much as they could so that it wasn't hanging out. And we all rode the ride together with everyone else. We have a great selfie of that too. I took a picture of all of us in a crammed in one little uh, Ratatouille uh, ride and it was a great moment for us and you yeah. know it was really amazing. Yeah and I think it's a really great ride for people with mobility issues if you have like family members who have mobility issues and maybe can't walk. John's mom had to use a wheelchair for most of the most time. Of the entire day, basically. Yeah most of the time that we were in Disney and they they just took her wheelchair put her like her in the wheelchair and put her in the ride and that was it like she didn't have to move. She didn't have to walk. She didn't have to step up or step down, which is much harder on the river ride in Animal Kingdom. Hmm, that's a good point. Yeah. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? Yeah. So because our ceremony got moved up so close to our wedding, we had to change everything a little bit. But we had our hair and makeup start at 2.45 a.m., John wanted to have some hair and makeup done, so he went first, and then he left, and I came down and did the rest of it with my mom and my mother-in-law. John took the delivery of our flowers from Raining Roses with my father around 4, 4.30, and then they left for Epcot at 5. I finished getting ready, took some getting ready photos with Gen Z, and left around 5.30 to go to Epcot, and then... The rest of my family showed up around 6.45, 6.50, and we did our first look around 6 o'clock, the two of us. We did our first look right there in front of the fountain with the Beauty and the Beast oh, flower thing. Yeah. It's really beautiful. It's very magical. And we took some photos around the pavilion around 6.50 when they had all the other guests come. We went into the crepery. And then we got married. John walked down the aisle. I walked down the aisle. Then we got married, came back. Our planner told us about the ride mix-in, and we went on the ride. And, again, because they had moved our ceremony up by a half an hour, our planner was able to get us some time on one of the arms of France. I will not even attempt to say the names. One of the terraces that they have. And... We did like a pre-reception, pre-reception, because she had food and drink there for us, ready for everyone to enjoy while we waited to go to the reception venue at 8.30 or so. So around 8.30, we went to the Living Seas, and we had our reception from 8.30 to 1.30. We had a full reception, and then we came back and took a very long nap, and then this is probably one of the other issues we had with Disney besides the rain on the welcome party. Our planner and our BEO put, we had to meet her at 745 or meet the guide that was going to let us in. So we all showed up 730, 740, and apparently that was the wrong time. It was supposed to be 845. <gasps> so luckily... Nate showed up from the roots and he was like, let me see what I can do. And he walked up. And as soon as he was walking up and talking to the guides, our planner called and said, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get you in right now. And they were still setting it up while we were there, but it worked out in the end, I guess. 
Got it. Okay. And so then what were some of the most important aspects of the event to you when you were planning, where you focused your attention or your budget? We wanted to make sure that we had a great wedding. We wanted to make sure we had a lot of entertainment. And we wanted to make sure that we did a lot of things for our guests because we knew not everyone goes to Disney as much as we do. And so we wanted to be able to give them the ride mix-ins and the experiences that they might not necessarily have otherwise. So characters were really important to us. The ride mix-ins were really important to us. And really, like the dessert party in general was really important as well so that we could give everyone the opportunity to see the fireworks with an unobstructed view from a great location. And even just like, you know, the ceremony and the welcome party, like just seeing the parks, like you get to see Animal Kingdom and Epcot and just kind of just walk through it. Because like, I would say most of our family is a little, they don't go to Disney very often. They, like my mother doesn't travel much anymore. And Katie's parents doesn't really go to Disney World very often. So we want to get in the full Disney experience and, you know, get that Disney magic. So we really kind of focus more on entertainment we want to stay within budget as well, but I'd say, like, in terms of everything, we kind of, like, put stuff like floral on the wayside and, you know, things like that. We just kind of focus more on just entertainment values. Make a memorable event, because this is a special event for a lot of our guests, and they don't go to Disney often, so we want to, you know, get the most bang for our buck with, you know, something to talk about for years and stuff. Yeah. There's something special about getting married in the park when you're by yourself, and there's no one else there. It's it's amazing. I know the wedding pavilion is beautiful, but there is something about being in a park by yourself when there's no one else. And it's just you and your significant other and your closest friends and family, you know, the people who care about you. That's awesome. What aspects were less important where you maybe saved your money or just your effort? For us, like John said, the floral and decor kind of fell to the wayside. We kind of gave them budgets for specific things and let them run with it and I did like I said use a third party for personal floral to try and help us save some money that was really the one place where we focused a lot on the only thing that we wouldn't compromise on is we wanted those glow tables within the living seas and in order to accommodate that we made sure that we stayed within our budget for the food and the um, welcome party and things like that. I had a very detailed Excel spreadsheet going on at one point. So that's great. What ended up being each of your favorite memories of the wedding day? I don't know if I can pick one. <laughs> so I have two or three. I'm not going to go first though. Cause we are, we <laughs> talked about this earlier and <laughs> we have the same favorite memory. <laughs> Uh, so for me, my favorite memory is just like the first look, because for me, I was just you know when Nate put me in front of the fountain and, and uh, France Pavilion, just I was just staring at the fountain, staring at the Eiffel Tower, staring at the the flower statue of Belle and the Beast, and I was thinking like I was hearing the fountains going off, I was hearing the water flowing, I was like getting very emotional. I was thinking like the whole year, year and a half of planning since we got engaged, like late twenty twenty the year planning, you know, the stressful situation sort of with like COVID and things like that. And, you know, it's all kind of boiling down to this one point. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm just like sitting there just thinking about our whole like relationship, like what's about to happen, like our next step. And she just like touches me and I turn around, she's right there. And she looks so perfect and beautiful. And it's kind of like, that's, you know, the perfect moment. I just kind of lost it. And 
that's probably the best moment of my life, I'd say. This is why he's going first. <laughs> that was very sweet. Thank you. But my, I agree. I think the first look was the best thing that I've ever done. I know that we talked about it a lot, and he kept going back and forth. Oh, I want to see you when you walk down the aisle. And then I kept saying, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because I spent some time in 2020 in Romania. And John came to meet me in a third party location in Turkey during 2020. And we'd been apart for three or four months. And when we saw each other for the first time, it was really awkward because it was like, I haven't seen you in so long. How do you kind of react again to your significant other when you haven't been able to, to see each other or touch each other? And that was my whole argument for the first look the entire time. Remember what happened when we were in Turkey? And we don't want to have that on our wedding day. <laughs> I really liked the first look, but I also think walking out of the Remy ride after the ride mix in and being able to see all of the people waiting for the ride and thinking, one, we were lucky enough to get on the ride before all those people because I hate waiting. And second, them clapping and cheering us on and saying congratulations was a great experience for both of us. And then the sweetest thing happened after our dessert party, we decided we would go to Abracadabra and Jelly Rolls to drink the night away because we didn't really drink at our reception. And someone walked up to us and said, I saw you this morning getting married in Remy. And I thought it was amazing. Congratulations. We hope you have a nice life, a beautiful life together. And it was really sweet. It was really sweet that someone remembered us and like walked up and it was really nice. And then going to Jelly Rolls was also very nice because we were kind of there by ourselves at one point and just getting to soak in being married. She was in her like second uh, dessert party dress. I was in my suit and we're just kind of like just nice little piano bar, and, you know, very just us and, you know, probably in our like 15, 20 people in the, the bars having fun, drinking and, you know, listening to music and just dancing away. No one's, no one's around us. We're just dancing in the middle of, like, you know, the tables and stuff. It was a very it was a magical moment for just us. Kind of, like, nice recap of the night. Yeah. And we just kind of went, went home after that. And it was a perfect day. Perfect ending for a perfect day. Yeah. And they were very sweet at Jelly Rolls, too. They were like, we have a freshly married couple. Like, we were in our wedding attire. So that was really sweet. <laughs> That's wonderful. Now, you mentioned the missing boutonnieres, and then you had the weather for your welcome party. Was there anything else that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? Those were the kind of the biggest ones. And I think the dessert party timing was a very big typo on, on the planner's part. But for the most part, it, it went very well. I was very detailed, like I said, when I went to, when we had our meeting with the planner. And I was very detailed in going through the BEO to make sure that everything I expected to be there was written somewhere on that BEO to make sure that it was 100% the way that I wanted it to be. That's great. That's a great tip. Was there anything you were worried about or that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then it turned out not to be? I think when they told us that the ceremony time was going to change a couple of days before the wedding, I thought people would be really, really upset. And I started freaking out about making sure our vendors were all going to be able to accommodate it. But everyone was very like, go with the flow and kind of like, 
okay, this is Disney. This is what Disney does. So we'll be there at that time. And, you know, even like videographer and photographer, I'm like, does this change how much time coverage we have? Do I need to pay you more money right now? Like to be able to do it. And they kind of just said, no, don't worry about it. Um, because this isn't your fault. It's really Disney. So, and the fact that they were able to accommodate was really helpful. And I think I was initially really stressed about it and it came out really well. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? Not necessarily do differently, but I think I would have possibly reconsidered one of the set menus and adding on some of the things that we did versus what we ended up doing. We made a customized menu, which was fantastic, but I feel like the food was very good, but I feel like Disney really wants to not give you a good bang for your buck when it's a customized menu versus a set menu. Cause if I look at the cost that I paid for the, the menu that we got, and I look at costs for like a set menu, it seems like the volume of food is a lot more than what we actually ended up getting. Would that really change anything in the end? Like, I just think I, I feel bad that we, I felt like we did, felt like we had a lot of fried foods and a lot of carbs. I didn't think we had really anything else. <laughs> we did. We had an omelet station, so people got eggs too. Um, but it kind of just seemed like it was a lot of fried food and a lot of carbs. And we had a salad too. But again, I think that Disney really wants you to push towards like those set menus as opposed to like making your own menu. And if you make your own menu, they're going to charge an arm and a leg for it. Hmm. What about you? I mean, it's kind of like what you eat at Disney anyway. You have a lot of a lot of carbs, a lot of fried food, a lot of sugar. Like it's kind of like the Disney kind of like taste of the parks and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, I agree that you know the bang for buck uh, wasn't you know as good as we thought it'd be, but I still enjoyed all the food and you know it was all really good. I still enjoyed all the food too. I'm just, I was think I felt bad that maybe some people didn't want to eat beef or like chicken tenders maybe they wanted something else you know who knows well i don't think people go to disney expecting a salad (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true they expect a good food (laughs) do you have any other tips or advice for future disney couples i think being specific about what you want is really important when you go through the planning process with disney um i remember listening to your podcast about someone who said something along the lines of Disney's not going to give you, they're not going to go above and beyond to give you something extra unless you kind of talk to them about it or ask them for it or um, kind of really are detailed. Like they're not going to give you the extra upgrades and the plates and the linens and things like that. And I definitely think I saw that in what we were going through at the planning process. I was very specific when we talked to our, our, planner I said you know I don't want bottled water I want set like water pictures I don't want to have you have the servers be clearing half empty drinks I actually don't want you servers to be clearing any drinks I want them to have to you know people to have to get up and go to the bar if they want to drink um and some of them she kind of pushed back on me with and like oh you know that's not the Disney standard and I was like listen I understand that's not the Disney standard but I also have worked in banquet situations before And that's the easiest way to make sure that you're serving 
percentage goes up and it's the easiest way to make sure that you make more money. Maybe it's not a lot of money, but it is money. And that, and you know what, you don't know what people are like, like when they're drinking, is it going to be an issue? Are they going to act weird? Do they have a drinking problem? And you know, that was what I was thinking in my head for the most part. I know the answer to those questions for my close friends and family, but in the general sense, like you as a, as a future bride or groom need to think about what your family has in their, their history. Um, and going into it with the plan and being very specific about what we wanted and what we needed to include, we ended up being only $3,000 over budget when we got our first BEO and it was really easy to cut it down to what we needed it to be the second round. And that made it a lot less stressful for us because we didn't have to go through round of round, round of checking things out. In addition, I think having your podcast and your book really helps me be able to budget everything and listening to what other brides said was things I used all the time. (laughs) That's great. I'm interested in the part where you actually told them not to clear drinks because since COVID, people have been complaining a lot about how when they do a bill on consumption bar, it feels like Disney is clearing the drinks more so that guests will have to go back and get more. And it's making the cost of a bill on consumption bar go up a lot more than it used to cost in the past. So when you asked them not to do that, did it work? It did. They actually didn't clear any of the drinks. And one of the things that I did when we walked into the reception was one of the Disney coordinators that was feeding us food. I said, listen, we unfortunately have people that we know that have issues with drinking. And we had someone who actually got cut off at our wedding. And I said, listen, there's people in there that have issues with drinking. Do not by any means try and clear those, the drinks from them. And They said, okay. I mean, it was in our BEO. I didn't see them at all ever clearing any drinks. Most of the time I saw them going and people getting drinks from the bar. There was never an instance where I saw them clear a drink. And actually, John and I had drinks on our table, half drank for probably two or three hours. Yeah. And part of the reason I asked for it is because of the the problem that we have with a couple of people. But the other reason I did was because I saw people in the Diz Brides group saying that. And I didn't want to, I wanted to do a bill on consumption bar and I didn't want to have the same issue come up. They were not keen on doing it, but they did it. So <laughs> Interesting. And so then when you got your final bill, there were no big surprises. We haven't gotten our final bill yet. So oh. <laughs> I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'd say my one tip is that just bring patience to the table the whole planning process. I know that's very stressful. It's very, you know, high tense and a lot of emotions running high. But, you know, Disney's a well-oiled machine and the planners are all, you know, working hard for you. They care about you, I feel like. And I think that if you bring patience, you know, more understanding, then they're going to do their very best to make Magic Kingdom for you. They're going to make sure your day is like their best day of your life. It's like, you know, part of their, their magic. It's part of their job. I I feel like, you know, me and Katie, we were a little stressed, and there were some times where we felt like, okay, well, this is, we're not getting much responses here and there, but I feel like in the end, it's all worth it. So just bring your patience, and they're working, they care about you. Just don't 
don't stress too much about it. Yeah. I think I would love to, I, I don't know if this is actually true, but I would love to think because we were patient and not overly upset all the time with our planner, it was part of the reason she was able to get so much magic for us on the day of our wedding. I mean, getting onto the Remy ride, giving us a location and food and drinks all for free as like a pre pre reception because of the fact that we, they changed the ceremony time. You know, she could have just given us the location and said, have fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, she could have, you know, not done as much as she had, but because we tried to be patient and (laughs) the most detailed emails I sent were, I've sent you nine emails. You haven't responded. Here are my questions again. That was kind of the most um, not nice emails I sent. Did it work? It worked when I started counting how many emails I sent and then she responded. So, hmm. you know, that, that part worked for sure. Interesting. Well, this is all great advice. Thank you so much for sharing this. And thank you for taking time to share the whole story of your day. Thanks, Carrie. We had a great time. We listen to your podcast a lot. So it was really kind of an honor being on here. Thank you so much. Oh, that's awesome. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.